how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed through his infinite mercy, his child, and forever I am. That's worth singing about, isn't it? His child and forever I am. Nothing can take that away. Let's open the service singing this song, Redeemed. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercy. His child and forever I am. Redeemed, redeemed. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed. So happy in Jesus, no language my rapture can tell. I know that the light of His presence with me doth continually dwell. Oh, redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed. And forever I am. I think of my blessed Redeemer. I think of him all the day long. I sing for I cannot be silent. His love is the theme of my song. so grateful. This next hymn says, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. When we think about Calvary, when we think about the blood that redeemed us and that act of love, there's nothing short of amazing. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. Sing with us. 
That's right, that's good singing right there. <laughs> In the presence of Jesus the Nazarene And wonder how he could love me A sinner condemned unclean How marvelous, how wonderful And my song shall ever be my sins. He took my sins and my sorrows. He made them his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone. sinner condemned unclean you know we echo the words of this next song and we don't have the answer why we won't know this side of heaven what kind of love was this that pursued us that ransomed us that redeemed us but we echo with Andre Crouch who wrote this next song I don't know why I don't know why Jesus loved me but I'm so grateful I'm so thankful and I'm so glad that he did I don't know why 
Jesus love me? I don't know why he came. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. Oh, but I'm glad. I'm glad he did. Where would I be? Where would I be if Jesus didn't love me? is life
Good morning, everyone. It's always beautiful to sing. I love to sing, and you can probably tell. And it's always great when you have the instruments and the music together. And to have it like this, it, it blesses me so much and before the message. So it, it is such an encouragement. Before we begin this morning, shall we just look once more to the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this beautiful music, these words that were written so many years ago, these songs, they live in our hearts and will forever, Lord. And we can't wait till when we get to heaven, we'll be unshackled as it were. We'll be able to fully praise you as we should in such a great and glorious way. Until then, Lord, help us to continue to sing your praises and serve you here on earth. Lord, please hide me behind the cross today. May your word go forth and touch lives. May it encourage us, inspire us, challenge us, and convict us, Lord, where it's all needed in our lives. And so we commit this time to you and pray for the Holy Spirit to go out among us and send us forth. In Jesus' name, amen. How many are familiar with Aesop's fables? You know, when you grow up, you see these things, and there's a lot of nursery rhymes and fables like this. Well, one of my favorites is Aesop's fable, The Tortoise and the Hare. I guess it goes back to my days of running when I was probably more like a tortoise than like a hare, but uh, it was a, a great time, and I enjoy still running to this day. But you know, it's a great story of the tortoise and the hare, and there's a lot of lessons for it, but as the story goes... The hare had ridiculed the slow-moving tortoise for a long, long time. And if you've ever been picked on in school and put down because you were one way or another, or slow, or whatever it might be, you know how this tortoise might have felt. So all of a sudden, one day, the tortoise says to the hare, I challenge you to a race. Well, did you just... The slow-moving tortoise is going to race against the fast-moving hare. But he did it. Now, whether he regretted it later, you know, thinking about it as time goes on before the race, he's thinking, I'm going to be racing one of the fastest creatures on the planet here, and I'm one of the slowest. How is this going to work? So you can imagine as race day approaches, the local town folks start to think about who's going to win the race, and if they put odds on it, they said, well, the hare is favored 500 to 1, and as the race grew closer, it got even worse. So at the starting line, the trash-talking hare started, again, putting down the tortoise. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you so bad. You are going to regret having challenged me to this race. He was so confident. He felt this was just going to be a mere walk in the park for him. So the tortoise lined up, and the hare lined up, and the gun sounded, and off they went. And the, the hare took off so fast that a gust of wind blew, and if it wasn't for the tortoise's heavy shell, he would have been blown right over. So the hare is off to a fast start, and there he goes, way, way far ahead. And the tortoise is plodding along one step at a time, slowly plodding along. And you know, and not one person ever really thought the, the tortoise could win the race. Well, there was one. It was his mother because she was compassionate and she loved him. She thought he would win. Even his father didn't think he would do it. And so here they are, and now the race is going on, and it's pretty much going as expected, and it's pretty much assured that, that the hare is going to win. In fact, he was so far ahead and he felt so good about it, he decided to take a nap about halfway through the race course. 
Now, he had to save his energy, mind you, because he had to save time for all the interviews he'd have with ESPN <laughs> and, and all the, 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 the coverage that will be going on. And he had to think about, you know, I'm going to be appearing on, on these programs like The Late Show and Saturday Night Live, and I've got to take a little nap here along the race course. And he found a nice brook and a nice tree, shady spot, and he fell asleep. Well, guess what? He was so sound asleep, and then he woke up, and he goes, where am I? And he looked ahead, and he saw the tortoise now had passed him up and was moving slowly but surely to the finish line. And the tortoise was almost at the finish line. And so that hare ran as fast as he ever had. He ran even faster than he'd ever ran before. And he ran and he ran and he ran. I can catch him, I can catch him. And as he got up almost to catch the, the tortoise, the tortoise crossed the finish line. It was one of the greatest upsets in the history of racing. This, this hare who should have won the race lost the race, and the one who should have lost the race won the race. And you can imagine the tortoise thinking to himself, I'm so glad I didn't quit, because along the way with that tortoise way far ahead, he probably felt like quitting, stopping, giving up. This isn't worth it. I should never have challenged this hare. I'm going to be humiliated, and humiliated twice by the hare and by everybody in the town that's going to just going to put me down, but I'm so glad I didn't quit. I'm so glad I kept going. I put one foot in front of the other, and I won the race. And there's a great lesson for us as Christians in this respect today. God isn't looking for the fastest. He's not looking for the strongest. He's not looking for the wisest in this world. He's looking for us to trust in Him, to do miraculous things with our lives. I mean, who would have given that tortoise any kind of chance at all? But he did it. And we can do it too if we trust God and walk with him and don't give up. So many times in life we look at a situation, we say, I can't do it. There is no way I can do it. I've never done it before. I can't do it. We, all, we want to give up. We want to quit. And then the devil is always right there, isn't he, to whisper in our ears, you better quit now. You're a loser. You can't do it. You're not going to make it. But the Lord is right there to do the very opposite. I love you, my child. You can make it. You can win the race. You can be successful. You can do it just one step at a time. That's how the tortoise won the race. He was slow, but he made progress, and he won the race. And sometimes in our Christian life, we grow, right? And sometimes we grow fast. Other times, we grow slower. But even if we grow slower, we're growing steadily more and more in the likeness of Jesus Christ until that time when we see Him face to face and we'll be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And that's encouraging to me because we don't want to be like this, this hare who was really boastful and proud and putting people down. We see it all the time in the world. How often do you see people that are, that are kind and gentle and, and are a blessing? But you can just imagine that tortoise, and he must have thought, boy, this is a dream. I am so glad I didn't quit. The title of our message today is Focus on the Finish. You know, when you're running a race and you start that race, every runner 
that starts the race is excited that they are going to win the race. Now, some of them don't really have a realistic chance. Well, the tortoise, he didn't have a realistic chance at all. But only one can win the race. But you can, I can guarantee you who will not win the race is the person that quits, that drops out, that says, I can't do it. The Lord doesn't want that for us. He wants us to focus on the finish. Focus on the outcome. Finish what God is going to do for us. And when we do that, we won't give up. And God will bless us tremendously. We as believers are in a race. The world is going to ridicule us. They're going to taunt us. They're going to put us down. But we need to keep going for the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep going. Keep going for Him. May the Lord encourage us. And when I think of a man in the Bible, and you'll probably know who I'm thinking about, if anybody, anybody should have quit, if anybody should have given up, if anyone should have thrown in the towel and said, that's it, it would have been Job. I mean, he lost everything. He lost his business. He lost his sons and his daughters. He lost even his own health. Even his wife said to him, Job, just curse God and die. He didn't have a very good wife, in my, in my opinion. <clears throat> she was not an encourager, that's for sure. But Job kept going. And even when he had those three friends that came alongside of him to comfort him, they did well in the first seven days. They didn't say a word. That was good. They comforted him. Didn't say a word. As soon as they started opening their mouth, they started blaming Job. Job, you're sinning. Job, you did wrong in God's sight and given him lectures and talks and everything like that. But with all that, as discouraged as he got, he didn't quit. He didn't give up. And I love what he says in his word. He says, when the Lord has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. You see these nuggets through the book of Job and how he was holding on to the Lord for dear life. And sometimes when we're going through tragedies and catastrophes and difficulties and problems, we have nothing to hold on to except the Lord. That's the place to do it. Hold on to the Lord and he will never let us go. In James chapter 5 and verses 10 and 11, we see our text this morning that James mentions Job in a very wonderful way. And he says, My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Today we're going to look at three things. Three things, and Ed's going to put them on the, on the screen. Three points, and they all begin with F for focus. We need to focus on the goal. That's the most important thing. Focus on the goal. Secondly, focus on the journey. Focus on the journey. And number three, focus on the outcome. If we do these things, we focus on the goal, focus on the journey, and focus on the outcome, we will be victorious, and we will be like this tortoise. We will finish strong. May the Lord encourage us this morning in his word. A man named Samuel Johnson once said, Great works are not performed by strength, but by perseverance. And Helen Keller, we've heard of her, she remarked, We can do anything we want as long as we stick to it long enough. Sometimes in life, though, we don't stick to it long enough. If we would have just hung in there, 
if we would have just kept going, then we would have done it. It's probably when we get to heaven, the Lord is going to run, rewind the tape and we're going to look back on all the circumstances in our life and joyfully we'll see those times where we wanted to quit and we didn't and we'll see how the Lord used that not only in our lives but in others around us. But then when he runs the tape back, we might see those times where we gave up. We got so down and sad and discouraged, we gave up, we quit, and the Lord's going to show us over here, this is what would have happened if you would have just kept going a little bit longer. Just a little bit longer. Can you imagine if that tortoise had given up before he walked by and saw the hare there? He would have, he would have missed a great blessing. But he didn't, and he looked over and he saw the hare sleeping under the tree, and so he says, I can do this. I can make it. I'm going to keep going. And that's what the Lord wants us to do as well. We, we first of all, have to focus on the goal. When I think of people blessed in the Bible, I think of Job because he was so blessed. I mentioned his wife. That could be a blessing or maybe not so much a blessing. But he had fine young sons. He had fine young daughters. He had a great business. He had friends. He had family. He had everybody in the whole community respected him. They loved him. They came to him for counsel and all these things. And all of a sudden when the trials came, in the midst of his loss and pain and suffering, that's when things really got difficult for Job. Never before had he had any trials. From what we know, he didn't. And we know trials are needed in our lives. Problems are needed. Difficulties are needed because if we didn't have them, we would be like that hare, wouldn't we? We would kick back. We would sleep under the tree and we'd say, I'm going to wait for the coming of Jesus and I'm just going to relax and take it easy. And no, there's a battle to be fought. There's a victory to be won. And we have to keep on going so that we can achieve it. Yes, we have to set the goal. We have to know what the goal is and we have to set it. And whether it's Job or us today as believers living in 2016, the goal is simply to glorify God, to serve God, and to please God. And if we can have that as a singular mission in life, how joyful will that be to glorify the Lord? It's amazing. I was talking to my boss's boss. We have one-on-ones at, at work sometimes, and they like to know, how's your manager doing? How are these things going? And he was talking about motivation, and he was saying, you know, Dean, some people are motivated by money. And, and you give them money, and they perform, and, and they're happiest when they, when they get money. Then he said there's other people that go by recognition. They like the recognition. They like to be saying, you did a great job. You won this award. You, you get to go on a conference and all of that kind of thing. I said, Tony, I said, I think there's a third, third uh, category there that uh, I need to mention. And he said, what's that? I said, well, I said, I believe the third category is to please God. I said, that's what motivates me. I said, it's not the money and it's not the recognition. What's important to me is that I please God every day of my life at work, at home, it's, wherever I go. And so it was a testimony to him and probably got him to thinking because people don't think that way in the world, do they? But our motivation should be to serve the Lord. And to do that, we have to remember that goal is to glorify God, to serve God, and to please God. That's what's really most important in life, and that's what, what brings us true joy in our lives. But you can't achieve a goal unless you put your full effort into it. 
And you know, when a person first gets saved, they call it the honeymoon period. Person gets saved, everything is like you're on cloud nine, you're telling people about the Lord, you're happy, you're coming to all the meetings, you can't wait to read the Bible and you're underlining and highlighting it, you're just excited, you're on the honeymoon period. And then what happens? Trials come, difficult times come, persecution and difficulty, all these kind of things come. And, and, and soon that honeymoon period is gone. And then we learn to depend on the Lord and walk with Him and grow in Him and learn the deeper things of the Word of God. We go from milk to meat. And we go from really having that honeymoon period to that, that beautiful, mature relationship that we have through, with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14, he says, I press toward the goal for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, if anyone pressed for a goal and didn't give up and didn't quit, it was Paul. And he was another one that you could say, boy, Paul could have given up, couldn't he? He was shipwrecked. He was stoned. He was persecuted. He was put in jail. He was treated harshly, was ridiculed. People lied about him. They blasphemed against him, maligned his character and all of those kind of things. But he didn't quit. He didn't give up. He, said, he didn't say, well, I'm not going to do this anymore because they don't receive me well. They treat me this way. No, I'm not going to do that. But he didn't. He kept going. And that's why we have all these books that he wrote in the New Testament. Can you imagine if Job would have given up we wouldn't have a book in the Bible called the book of Job. He would have missed out on being a blessing to everyone around him and to us if he had quit. If he had quit. If he had given up. May the Lord help us not to quit. May we keep going for him. It says Job was an example of suffering and patience. That's what he was. Yes, it's a blessing. And some of our supervisors, what they do at work, they try to motivate everybody and they send us out these great motivational things every day and I always send them back a note, thank you very much, that was really good. Well, one of the supervisors, her name is Lexi and she's a new one supervisor at work, she sent me this acronym, I said, wow. I said, that is a great acronym. I said, I, I think I'm going to use it in my message. And she said, great. And so she kept sending more this week, she said, I'm going to fill up your whole message. I said, okay, <clears throat> great. But the, this is the, this is the uh, one I want to share with you. It's called FOCUS. Follow on course until successful. Follow one course until successful. FOCUS. Follow one course until successful. Adel often talks about being a Johnny One Note, talking about obedience and honoring God and everything. It's like one note, right? That's a good note. Stick to that note. Play that note all the way. Focus. Follow one course until successful. And when we do that, we will be successful. He doesn't promise us success in this world for that, but he promises us to be successful in Christ. And if we get the extra of being successful in the world, praise God, and we should be successful in this world. Yes, it's a blessing. Focus on the Lord. That's what David did when he went out to fight Goliath. That was another major upset in the history of warfare. We had the major upset in the race, and now we have the major upset in warfare because when David took on Goliath, nobody gave him a chance. Nobody gave him a chance. A little shepherd boy, not very tall, fighting this nine foot nine inch giant. 
A shepherd boy with a sling and a stone going up against a, a warrior, a mighty warrior, a veteran warrior of the armies with all the armaments on and his spear and his shield and, and his sword. And yet David brought him down. He brought him down, not in his own strength, but in God's strength. And he says in 1 Samuel 17, 45, it says, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. You know, no matter what, we need to keep going. The famous missionary William Carey once said, I can plod. I can persevere in any definite pursuit. To this, I owe everything. And he followed Christ, and he followed him all the way to Africa, and he won people to Christ. He didn't quit. He didn't give up. Someone once remarked, we must never forget that the word persevere comes from the prefix per, meaning through, coupled with the word severe. So it really means to keep pressing on, trusting God, looking up, and doing our duty, even in severe circumstances. You know, it's easy to follow Christ when things are going good. Easy to follow Christ then. But when things start getting really rough and really tough, that's where it's hard. That's where that old expression comes, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. But for us as Christians, when the going gets tough, we surrender to the Lord and let Him do it. We let Him do it. We don't just say, I'm going to be determined today to do it. No, we say, Lord, with your strength, with your help, give me the strength to do it. And He will. And we have to focus on the goal. Secondly, we have to focus on, or thirdly, we have to focus on the outcome. So we saw, first of all, focus on the goal. Secondly, focus on the journey. And when we focus on the journey, we have to focus on Christ. He is the one that is with us. And third, we need to focus on the journey. I love what Paul said at the end of his life, after all had been said and all had been done and all the sermons he preached, all the books that he had written, all the people that he won to Christ, all the people that were blessed. He said at the end of his life in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, or 2 Timothy, I should say, verse 4 and verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. He knew his mission. He focused on the goal. He focused on the journey, and the Lord was with him throughout that journey, and he focused on the outcome. And that outcome was about to come. He knew he was going to die. He knew he was going to be uh, martyred for his faith. He knew it. Even before it happened, he knew it was coming. He could sense it. He knew the finish line was coming. So he pressed on. He ran faster. He gave his all. And may the Lord help us to feel that way as well. It says in verse 11 of this chapter we read this morning, James chapter 5, you have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord. You know, the Lord has an end for the trial, doesn't he? He has an end for those difficulties and hard times we're going through. We can't see it at the beginning because we get bogged down with what we're going through. Like the old expression that says, don't lose sight of the forest for the trees. And sometimes we do. We get really off course and we start focusing on what we're going through instead of looking beyond it to the finish line, to the outcome of what God is going to do for us. And you know, Job's end was better than his beginning. And that's a blessing to me. And if you go back and read the book of Job and you go back to the 42nd chapter, last chapter of the book, you see it. 
and it's mentioned there, that Job ended up with more at the end of his life than he did at the beginning. And he was greatly blessed in the beginning, but the Lord almost doubled, pretty much doubled everything he had before. He gave it back to him double, better. And when God is in it and he's working on our behalf, he's going to do it for us. He's going to bless us. But we have to obey him, we have to trust him, and we have to keep on keeping on, keep on going, and don't give up. One of my favorite uh, Bible commentators and teachers I've been blessed with recently is Warren Wearsby. He's written books on the whole Bible, and he's a really good writer. He said this about verse 11, but you cannot persevere unless there is a trial in your life. There can be no victories without battles. There can be no peaks without valleys. If you want blessing, you must be prepared to carry the burden and fight the battle. And isn't that true? How many people have missed out on that blessing because they, they quit, they gave up? In the Old Testament, one of those famous times was when Gideon led his army out to fight the Midianites. And he started off with 32,000 soldiers. The Lord said, that's too much. Too much! I can't deliver the, you for, by that because then you're going to start thinking you did it yourself with 32,000 soldiers. You, you won the battle. He says, that's not enough. So they whittled it down to 10,000. 10,000? Not enough. I mean, too much. Still too much. The Lord says, still, you're going to trust in yourself. You're going to think you did it. You, you're going to think you won it by yourself. They ended up with 300 soldiers left. The 32,000 down to the 10,000 down to the 300. The ones that left that battle and went home missed out on a great blessing. But the ones that were there, the 300 faithful ones, they went out and God used them in a big way and they still didn't do it. It was God's power and God's strength that brought about the victory for Gideon. And then when they pursued the enemies after winning such a great victory, it says they were exhausted and it says they were weary and yet pursuing. They continue to pursue even though they were exhausted. And sometimes in the Christian life we get tired, we get exhausted, we get discouraged, we, we, we feel pain, we feel our age, whatever it is, but the Lord says, keep on going. Don't give up. And you never realize it, but when you're in this journey, you're not alone. You have family, you have friends, you have brothers and sisters in Christ. And guess what? They're watching you. They're watching me. Is Dean going to quit? Is he going to give up? Is he going to say it's too much? Or is he going to trust God and keep going? And all of us are in that same situation. And God wants us to realize that it's not about us. It's about him. It's about his strength and power and not about us. Not about our abilities or our, our knowledge, our education. He can use those, but he wants us to trust in him. Charles Spurgeon is also one of my favorites, and I like this quote from Spurgeon about perseverance. He said, per by perseverance, the snail reached the ark. Now, if you think the tortoise is slow, the snail is much slower even than the tortoise. At least the tortoise, you know, he's making a little stride here or there, but the snail goes so slow. But he made it to the ark. He reached the ark by perseverance. 
And the Lord waited for him. He didn't say, we're not, we're not taking off till the last creature gets in here. Well, who's the last one, Lord? Who are we waiting for? Aren't we all here? Well, there's a snail, and two snails. There's two snails, right? They're coming, and there they come. Boy, they're going slow. Can't we take off now? The rain's going to be starting pretty soon. Nope. And then they got in and they closed the ark because those snails made it. I'm a snail. You may be a snail. We may be making slow progress, but let's keep going. By perseverance, the snail reached the ark. May the Lord encourage us. And as we conclude the message today, let's remember to focus on the finish. To focus on the finish. If you start worrying about the race too much and how far it is, you're not going to make it. But when you start focusing on the finish line, it gives you new energy, a new shot of adrenaline. It's especially that way in a marathon race because you've run so far and you get so tired and you want to drop out, but then you realize the finish line's coming up. Just a little further, just a little further. And that's what the Christian life's all about. It's a marathon race, not a sprint. It's a long-distance race. So let's remember that we need to focus on the goal, the goal of pleasing and serving and glorifying our Lord and keep that in our mind every day when we go to school, when we go to work, when we go out in the marketplace and go in our daily jobs. Let's remember we're not just in this world. We're here for a reason, to be a blessing to lost souls, to win them to the Savior, to encourage other Christians. And, and we have a goal. And we need to focus on that goal and not lose sight of it. And then we also need to focus on the journey. The journey of itself is where the growth comes in. Yes, there's going to be a goal and there's going to be an outcome, but in the middle, there's the journey. And the journey is where the Lord is with us in the trenches. He's there in the hard times and He's going to carry us through if we just focus on the journey and focus on Him. As the hymn writer said, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth, which grow strangely dim, will in the light of His glory and grace. Yes, focus on the goal. Focus on the journey. And focus on the finish. That's exactly what Paul did. That's exactly what Job did. That's exactly what Joseph and Daniel did and so many others in the Bible where things didn't look so good in the beginning. But they kept going and they were blessed. Can you imagine if Joseph had, would have quit and given up and said, I can't do this anymore. All these things are not right. I've been mistreated. I've been falsely accused. I've been sold by my brothers into slavery. I might as well just give up. But he didn't. If he would have given up, he'd have never been the prime minister of Egypt. If he'd have given up, he'd never have been there for his brothers to feed them when they were under the famine and starving. They... God has a plan. God has a purpose. But we've got to focus on the goal. We've got to focus on the journey. And we've got to focus on the outcome. And when we do it, we will persevere and persist right to the end. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Father, we're so confident in you and so thankful in you. Not in ourselves, Lord. We don't have confidence in ourselves. We don't believe that we can just go out and, and train harder and, and study more or or gain all this um, knowledge and experience and expect to do it? No. We have to just trust you, Lord. We have to do our part, yes. We have to study for the test. We have to do well at work. We have to go through our lives and, and be the best that we can be. But we have to realize that you're with us, Lord. 
and you're going to take us all the way through this life. Please encourage us with this message today, Lord, and please challenge us at the same time and help us to go forward from here and have a good week this week and really honor you by all that we do and say. And we ask this in, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen.